Tyler. Yes, yes. Do you want a Three Musketeers movie in your life? I don't know. It uh, it honestly completely depends on who. Yeah. So apparently um, there's going to be a two-part adaption with Ava Green or Green and Vincent. Ava Green? Yeah, and Vincent uh, Castle. Okay. So that could be all right. I mean, I don't, I don't mind Eva Green, but I don't. She's not like my favorite actress. No. Yeah, but, I'm, I mean, it's it's been a long time. I mean, I'm I'm definitely curious. Yeah, like I think if you if you do a Three Musketeers movie, right? I think it could be good, but it's I I don't know that they ever have done one, right? So, um, it's been a long time since I've seen. The last one, but I remember it being funny. Right. And, like, is that what you want out of a Three Musketeers movie? You know, I genuinely I haven't really given it a lot of thought. I don't know what I would want out of a Three Musketeers movie. Yeah. To be, the, to be completely honest. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at with this is, like, I don't know if you want, like, the kind of, like, campy fun, like, adventure movie. Three Musketeers, or do you want like a, I don't know, kind of like a not gritty, but like kind of a more serious tone? I don't know. Yeah, I'm flexible. I think it's gonna completely depend on how it turns out. If it's done in a campy way, it could it still has the potential to be really good. But if it's done as a more serious kind of like action drama type show, that also has potential. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I. I can't say that I'm even remotely surprised that uh, they're redoing the Three Musketeers. Like, it should come as a shock to absolutely nobody. No. That being said, I don't think it was high on the list of, like, things that I would like to see reboots of. No. No, me neither. But, and I think it's easy, too, because I think it's... I want to say, and I could be totally fucking wrong on this, but isn't it similar to, like, Sherlock Holmes, where it's kind of like... Um, I can't think of the word, but it's like free use kind of. So I want to say like anyone can make a movie about it. Mm. So I could be totally wrong on that, but for some reason I was thinking that this was like kind of one of those. Mm-hmm. So well, fair I enough. Know. I don't know. I might check this out. Who knows? Yeah, I'll wait till I see some uh, some trailers and some screenshots before I make my judgment. For sure. It looks like after all of the hubla from the Framing Britney Spears doc that the New York Times put out, of course Netflix is getting on the train now. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious how this will differ from that one. Yeah, me too. I'm like more or less I'm I'm curious as to like who's actually like it says it's set to be directed by Aaron Lee Carr, but like I'm not nothing's ringing to mind as to like what her body of work has been. Yeah, and like when I look at this, I think of like when Netflix did that Fire Festival documentary and then Prime did one as well. So it's like and I thought the next, like the Netflix one, was done way better than the Prime one. So, like, I'm curious if it's kind of going to be like that. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Right. Like, is it? Are these basically going to be like two documentaries telling, like, pretty much like telling the story the same way, or like, is it going to be kind of different from each other? Right. Yeah. Because like. I don't know, like, if Netflix drops this and you saw that one that you watched, like, do you even need to watch the Netflix one? Yeah, if it's going to be a lot of the... And, like, that's the thing, too, is, like, I... Without a doubt, they're going to pull a lot of the same footage, same interviews and stuff like that, because, I mean, like, that's the... the body of work that you'd pull from to put in a documentary. So I feel like it's all going to come down to how they frame it and what narrative are they going to work with. Yeah. So I'd be curious. I have a feeling it's going to be very similar, though, 
but I honestly hope that it appears similar, but actually is different. Just kind of like when HBO did their Nexium doc. Right. But then Stars did their own like four part mini doc series on it with. Uh, now I can't remember her name. Yeah. But looking at both, you're like, okay, this is about the same thing. Like, why would I be interested? But after I just sat down and watched the Stars one, India, that's her name, that India did, it was like, oh, this is interesting because, like, this one was about these guys' involvement, and you could very much tell in the HBO one that the guys who were creating it, they left a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Especially because the one guy who was helping them make it, that uh, writer-director yeah, dude, he did a lot of not-so-great things, and uh, they didn't really you know, shine any light on any of that. It was more so like focusing on his redemption and getting out and helping people leave. But then you hear India's side of the story and she's like, Oh no. Okay. Like that's their story from what they saw going on. But like, here's my side of the story. And I was there. I went through it. I was branded. I've you know, I sent these photographs. I was berated. I was on these things. And like, it wasn't just, you know, someone else at the cult going, hey, what you're doing is wrong. It was someone who was like actually in there who's like, yeah, what I did was wrong. Yeah. And so, I think I think part of that, too, is just a byproduct of like no documentary is going to be like completely um, like indifferent about the story they're telling. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there's always going to be some skew in one direction or the other, whether they intend to or not. Right. Like that's just kind of the nature of it. So. Yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, I'll check this one out because I didn't watch that one that uh, that you checked out. Um, and I was meaning to, but it's like, eh, maybe I'll just wait for the Netflix one. Fair. Yeah. And then looks like Craig Robinson is uh, getting a sitcom at uh, good old Peacock. You know, everyone's favorite streaming service. Mm, yeah, you bet. Yeah, I, I mean, aside from Peacock and as much as we tend to shit on it, this is cool for him. Like, I'm glad he's getting his own show. Yeah, for sure. Because he's super talented, so, like, yeah, that's cool. Do they say here, like, what it's supposed to be about? It doesn't. I don't know exactly... This kind of goes into his previous bodies of work, but I like Craig Robinson a lot, so I mean, I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for it. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll probably depend on like what it is and like who else is in it. Because mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm a fan of Craig Robinson, but like at the same time, like I look at Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I really like him in that show. But I mean, if everyone else in the show wasn't there. I wouldn't watch it because he was in it. Know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. He does really, really well as a uh, like a supporting character. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is so like how how is he gonna do like mainlining it, like kind of being front and center, right? Yeah, that's because I I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure he did that one ghost one with uh, the guy who plays Ben Wyatt. I thought. And I don't think that lasted very long. Yeah. Yeah. And like. Ghosted. Yeah. Okay. One season. Yeah. And he was a main character with. Uh, what is that guy's name? Adam Scott. Right. Where they were like ghost hunters kind of thing. And like when I saw the preview, I'm like, oh, that, that actually looks like it could be interesting. I never watched it, though. But yeah. it obviously didn't perform very well because it got one season and. That was it. Yeah. So hopefully this doesn't guess, kind of follow the same traje- tra- uh, trajectory mm-hmm. and uh, do that. So, yeah. I'm curious, too. Like, it, uh, maybe that depends on, like, if he's involved, like, on the creative side of the show. Like, is he, like, maybe if it's something he's kind of writing or, like, helping out with that way, mm-hmm. maybe it's better, right? Who knows? But Only time will tell. Yeah. Good for him. And then Constantine Reboot coming to HBO Max. Hell yeah. Being produced by J.J. Abrams. Yeah. 
I'm in for this. Yeah, I, I'm, I honestly, I, I really, really loved the Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, me too. I, I, I thought it was a really, really good time. And then when they did that, like other, because they did a little Constantine series, I think on NBC or something like that. CW. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Yeah. So yeah. like, I'm really happy to see this go to HBO Max, where you know they can take the gloves off. Yeah. And they even kind of say that, you know, in this story that they're like developing a darker reboot, you know, which I think, you know, when you watched that CW show, like, I think kind of taming the character of Constantine down, that kind of does that character a disservice, right? You know, because it's, I think it's easily done with a lot of the other DC heroes where it's like, okay, we can kind of tame them down and it works fine. But that character's always been like kind of a darker character in the comics. So, oh, absolutely, it'd be akin to taking like Deadpool and giving him like the straight up Disney treatment. Like yeah. that, it's it that character is no longer Deadpool. Yeah. So, yeah. No, this is uh hyped on it. Yeah, I'm fucking down with this. Um, yeah, this is cool. It seems very early, so we probably won't get it for a while. But yeah, yeah. Hmm. And then Amazon decided to uh, do a nice eight-figure deal with Donald Glover. That doesn't it doesn't surprise me, but at the same time, it kind of surprises me because I'm pretty sure it was Prime that Guava Island was like exclusive on, right? And I don't think that one did phenomenal, right? As much as I love, I was much as I love the guy and like support everything he's done. I never bothered to watch that one just because I knew it wasn't going to be in my wheelhouse. Right. But well, I think this makes sense because I think it was. I can't remember which week it was, but we were talking about he's doing that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith show for them. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, and I know he's like, oh, he's throughout the years in interview has talked about like different projects and stuff he wants to do but couldn't get any like, you know, green lights for it. Like at one point him and his brother were going to write a dark and violent Deadpool animated series for FX. That's right. Yeah. That kind of fell through the crack. So maybe this big deal is Amazon is like realizing that he's a fucking super genius. And they're like, all right, man, whatever you want. Like we want the Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Cause we know that's going to draw ratings, but then here's the rest and we'll, we'll take what you got. Yeah. I, I bet that's probably, the case mm-hmm. you know especially if he's jumping from fx because he's been there for for years right so i wonder if this is a case of like amazon being like here's a blank check uh give us some content and go to town right yeah you know and if that's the case where he's just got like total freedom then this probably works out great mm-hmm. you know so yeah good for him getting some of that amazon money yeah, well, good for Amazon for branching out and keeping up with, you know, getting these smash hit freaking series. Like, Amazon original content, like, it's climbing there. Like, it's, they're on the right trajectory. Yeah. And, you know, you think, too, like, Netflix has been signing deals with, like, David Fincher and, like, other people, right? So, like, these other streaming platforms are signing, like, multi-year big deals with big names. You know, so it makes sense that Amazon is going to start to do that, right? And Donald mm-hmm. Glover is not a bad choice. So, no. Um, yeah. That, that sucks for FX, but. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. yeah I'm curious what uh, some of the projects come out. Yeah, that'll be a overtime kind of thing because it sounds like he's creating some but he's also going to executive produce a bunch of stuff which isn't necessarily his per se right so yeah so yeah this is cool then martin scorsese's uh new movie cast uh jesse plemons I've always liked him. He does good in like the weird, creepy roles that he does. Yeah, he's really good. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think he'll do good in this because I think he's 
a very underrated actor. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, I can't see this going. I'm a little surprised that that he's taken it directly to Apple this go round and didn't kind of sign up with another deal with uh, Netflix, given the Irishman. Right. But I mean, like, you already got Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. You throw him in there, and it's a Scorsese film. Like, yep. Yep. yep pretty much. Like, here's my money. Um. Yeah. And I think this will be really good for him because it's Scorsese directing him. So Scorsese will be able to kind of really bring out, you know, the chops he has, right? Mm -hmm. And then you put that um, with acting aside, Robert De Niro and Leo. Uh, so he's got some strong support. This could set him up as like kind of the big one that Gives him a name in Hollywood, maybe? Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to think. I don't think he has really been in anything big. No, he was in that date night one as, like, the creepy cop neighbor. Yeah. His and role then, on Breaking Bad. Like, I feel like that's where most people would know him from. Yeah, and then he did, uh, like, the Jesse Pinkman movie. He was in that, which I actually thought he was phenomenal in that. Mm-hmm. Then he did that episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, and that was honestly one of my favorite Black Mirror episodes when he was the creepy starship captain. Yeah, me too. So it's... Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Um, I mean, I'll watch any Scorsese movie, but... Uh, yeah, good for this guy. Like, that... Yeah, this seems like a good break for him. So, yeah. This is awesome. Then we got Black Adam. Just cast Marwin Kanzari as the villain to Dwayne The Rock Johnson's anti-hero. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's like, like I, like, I remember him in the old guard and like looking at his face, it's like I've definitely seen him in other stuff, but can't really pinpoint exactly all the things I've seen him in. No. But he did good in old guard. Yeah. I, I liked him fine enough there, so. I think... I think this is another case of like this is like a really like yeah he's been in stuff but he's never been in like big stuff mm -hmm. so I think this is like awesome for him because it's like if you're going to kind of make the break into like a, not leading part but like a significant role kind of like a blockbuster movie I mean teaming up with arguably probably one of the biggest movie stars right now yeah, just being in this with the Rock, that's gonna yeah, that's gonna take his credibility right the fuck up there. Yeah, so yeah, because I mean that that Black Adam movie with the Rock is gonna do well, right? Um, whether it's good or not, but yeah, I think it has potential. I don't know a whole lot about the Black Adam character, but I'm definitely I'm into the superhero movies, and I'm hoping that this one just carries on with being as good as the rest. Yeah. Yeah. There's really not much more to this other than, hey, the cast the villain in the Black Adam movie. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then it looks like uh, Tim Burton is going to do a live action Wednesday Adams series for Netflix. I'm I'm intrigued. This, yeah. This is intriguing because. I love the Adams family and it kind of, and I love those movies like Adams family and Adams family values. I wasn't a fan of like when they started doing Adams family, like animated movies. Right. That's kind of where I like just quit with this. So a live action one about Wednesday Adams, obviously is going to have the Adams family in it. So like bringing it into the modern age, especially with like the different tech and CGI and everything they have now. I'm very curious to see how this is going to go. Don't, doesn't really mean anything to me at all that Tim Burton is the one who's going to uh, direct it because uh, I get a lot of shit for this, but I don't care for most of Tim Burton's body of work. Yeah, that's fair. I, and like, I, I, I tend to agree. Like, there's a lot of Tim Burton stuff that I like, but there's also a lot that I don't. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same page where it's like, all right. I don't even know if I would even if there was even like one thing at Tim Burton where I was like, that was super good. Like I didn't care for 
Sweeney Todd. Never cared for like Nightmare Before Christmas or Coraline, Caroline, whatever that one was. I didn't like his his take on Batman. I thought that was awful. And see that like those original Batmans have like I love those ones. Edward Scissor's hands I didn't care for. I didn't mind that one. Anyway, get yeah. enough topic. I'm I am interested in this project, so I mean like I'm I'm definitely gonna check this out. And again, good for streaming service for bringing new and exciting stuff instead of just recycling eighties garbage. Yeah. And like as much as like maybe we're not the you know biggest Tim Burton fans. A lot of people are. Um so I think bringing him on board will get a lot of people, you know, to check it out, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, in uh, news that I guess some people might be excited about, but I don't see this being an entertaining docuseries at all. No. A docuseries about fucking MoviePass? Yeah. Like, when I was an avid theater goer, I mean, prior to the pandy... Like a movie pass type thing was fucking brilliant because I was seeing at least an, one movie a week. Yeah. Right. And I hopped on up here. We had cinema with an S. And uh, I actually ran that for a little while. And it was when it worked, it was cool. But they had far too many glitches and communication things and like the setup and the user interface pretty trashy. So yeah. it was a short lived experiment. Yeah. But I'm so, like, I. To to but to make a docu series about Movie Pass and like its rise and then its fall, like I that just doesn't sound interesting to me. Like yeah, I look at Movie Pass and I go, that's a brilliant idea and it has a lot of potential, but the timing wasn't right. Well, that and like their business model was also a hugely fucking flawed. So yeah. Like in the age of everybody having their own streaming service now, and then some streaming companies doing same day releases, like on their platform as well as in theaters and stuff. When the pandemic comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if something else steps up and figures out a way to do exactly what Movie Pass, you know, at the end kind of failed to do. I I see a theater subscription thing happening. Yeah, without a doubt. So do I. But I think the only way it works is if the theaters do it themselves. Or if a company actually gets the theaters to partner with them, because that was why MoviePass failed, is because like they were literally just buying the tickets from the theater and then selling them below cost, right? Like you can't make money that way. Um, no. So you need to like have a partnership with the theater chain, saying like, "Hey, you know, we'll take this cut and then give this back to you," or the theaters have to do it themselves, right, and take a loss on, you know, that internally, right? But. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Either way, I I think that's the future as far as this docu series go. I don't give a shit that Mark Wahlberg is the one behind it. It doesn't sound interesting to me at all. No, no, not at all. Like, unless there's like some fucking weird ass shit that happened behind the scenes that would make this interesting. But like, I don't think there is. No. Yeah. You know what I would rather see? Give me a docu-series about uh, fucking Quibi. That I mean, wouldn't even interest me either. It wouldn't interest me either, but at least I would be like, oh, okay, that's... It would be more interesting than this, I think. But I wouldn't even need a docu-series. I would literally just need a five-minute interview where they sit down with whoever started or whoever was in charge of marketing and went... Why didn't you market this? Yeah. And why didn't you make it widely available? Yeah. I think that would probably just be the camera pointing at a blank fucking chair. Because I don't think they actually hired anyone for marketing. Definitely how it feels. So, yeah. yeah I guess people are getting a movie pass docuseries and probably won't watch it. Yep. And then... Marvel Studios has the Punisher and Jessica Jones rights back from Netflix, which is exciting. Like I'm, like they, I just they need to get the rest of them back, like the the Daredevil and the Kung Fu guy. Well, I think they have Daredevil 
think they have the other ones back. And I think these were just the last two. Ah, perfect. So we can start getting this stuff back onto the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I could be wrong on that, but I want to say they got the other ones back like a year ago or something. Yeah. I liked Punisher and I liked Daredevil when it was on Netflix. So I'm I'm genuinely curious to see how now that Disney gets the rights back to these, how they integrate it into the current MCU and if they use it to like propel more of the like Marvel TV shows on Disney Plus. Right. Yeah, and I'm curious too, like are they gonna keep the people that played like the people on those more or the Netflix shows, or do Let's they just be go? Real. Probably not. No, right? Like I, I like wish I, they would, but yeah. they won't. Yeah, me too. Um, so I think it's just they'll probably kind of wash their hands of those Netflix characters and just say, "Hey, now I guess we can put Daredevil in a fucking Spider-Man movie or something." I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, that and they, as far as I know, they're going to completely change the Punisher because a lot of people are calling for the Punisher to change the Punisher logo now that it's been like pseudo adopted by right wing extremist groups. Uh, all right. That sounds fucking stupid, but. That's the world we live in right now. Yeah. It'd be like changing the spider logo on the spider suit. It's- well, maybe they would if a bunch of uh, neo-Nazi groups started using the Spider-Man logo. Probably would be just a matter of time. Uh, fuck. Anyway, at least I got the rights back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm... I'm... It's been a long road for Marvel to, like, finally get the majority of their rights back, right? So it's... I think, yeah. Uh, it's just goes to it's nothing but up from here with them in that universe. Yeah, especially now that they got like once they sealed the deal on Fox, right? I think that was the big one, right? Because it's like okay, they got the X Men back, right? So now it's kind of just getting the minor ones back, right? Yeah, which I I think there's actually only a few left that they don't like. They still don't have the the full Hulk rights, but mind you, those are real fucking messy. Um, and then I think it's the Silver Surfer is like the same as the Hulk, where it's like they have kind of, sort of, some of the rights, but kind of, sort of not. Well, hopefully they just sort all this out in the coming years, get it everything back under one ban- banner, and then once they get everything back, like the next iteration of their like full-fledged universe, like where they do a bunch of these side movies that culminates into one mega movie, like when you get all of them back, fuck. Yep. Like I've always wanted to like see I can't remember what that comic series was, but it was like I don't know, kinda like a War of Worlds. Okay, yep. <sighs> Galaxy Wars? I I I can't remember. I'm not that big of a comic book buff to remember. Secret Wars? But basically like it culminates into a massive battle on like another planet and it's like everybody's there. Yeah. Like all the Avengers are there, the X Men are there, like Deadpool's there, like they're all there in this like massive, like full scale kind of like war on another planet. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. I mean, I I watched uh, Endgame not too long ago again, and like just seeing how successful they were at, like you think that final battle, right? Like mm-hmm. how they brought literally everyone that has been in a movie back into that. You know, like if you have a whole movie with. You know, with the core X-Men team and your Daredevil, you know, and all of that. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to be fucking awesome, right? Like, they know how to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Paul Fage is going to be throwing together a Netflix movie with Kerry Washington and Charlize Theron called The School for Good and Evil. Yeah. Which sounds intriguing, following two best friends who are students at a school for good and evil where ordinary boys and girls are trained to be fairy tale heroes and villains. Yeah. That's the part that has me intrigued. Yeah. Like not- it's, yeah. Like, like what would that school be like? Where like half the school, like you cross the hall, you go into this other classroom and they're teaching these guys how to be evil. And then on the other side of the hallway, they're teaching these people how to be heroes. Yeah. 
it's very intriguing. And of course, like I just, Harry Washington is amazing and Charlize Theron is a saint. Yeah, pretty much. So definitely got my interest there. Yeah, I'm really excited for this, actually. This sounds uh, really cool. I'm curious uh, like what the tone of this is. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be like super dark, but like think of like maybe Harry Potter-esque, but there's also bad guys. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Yeah, I'm all right with this. Yeah, I'm into it. Like, this just seems like a really cool, like, weird take on, like, your classic, like, Cinderella and Snow White kind of stories, right? So it's, yeah. I like when people take, like, these, I guess, non-copyrated stories that are just out in the uh, out in the free and they kind of twist them on their head a little bit and do yeah. something differently, right? Like, it's it's cool to see. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for this. Cool. Then we also got. Uh, so it looks like Supergirl is gonna make an appearance in the Flash film. That's how they're gonna introduce her. And this uh, girl, Sasha Cali, is gonna be playing her. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm. Is it because she's coming from a daytime soap? No, it's because <laughs> I actually uh, I really like Melissa Benoist. Oh yeah, yeah. As Supergirl. Yeah. So I I don't like I don't like I've said it before and I'll say it again. My biggest gripe with all these like cinematic universes and shit is like the incontinuity between characters, like how you have someone playing someone on a show. And then you get someone completely different to play them in the movie. And it drives me off the wall. Yeah. And I, even though, like, I'll be completely honest, I don't watch CW or ABC or whoever does Supergirl. I don't watch that show. But I'm so used to seeing her as, as like, Superwoman. And I think she does a good job and she looks the part very well. Yeah. So i uh not a fan of recasting already. Yeah. I mean... I'm fine with how they do it, but I totally get get where you're coming from. But yeah, just I mildly mean, annoying. Yeah, I, I'm also like curious, like why they're introducing Supergirl in the Flash movie. Yeah, I don't know. Like, just because, like. From everything we read about that Flash movie, like it was kind of gonna be like a bunch of the Batmans and a, a bunch of Flashes. So is it just gonna turn into like a bunch of different kind of main superheroes pop up into this Flash movie? Like, do we get two Supermans? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like. That's the other thing that, like, I don't know if we're going to address this later, but the rumors of the new Superman film. Oh, yeah, right. I don't... I don't remember if I actually dropped that in any of the news. Yeah, okay, well, then might as well just address it here, where they're, yeah. they've confirmed they're doing a new Superman film, but they haven't confirmed that Henry Cavill is uh, reprising his role. Yeah. Which... I would really like it if he did. That first Man of Steel I thought was real good, and I think if you did another one with him like that, I think it would do good. Oh, absolutely. I think he was a phenomenal Man of Steel. Yeah. And the the like shitty thing about it is it's it's not like he's like, yeah, I'm done with this, so I mean do what you gotta do. Like he's he said that he would do the role again. Yeah, so I wonder if maybe, like, they haven't confirmed that he's coming back, because maybe, maybe there's some weird scheduling stuff or something like that, or maybe it's super early, who knows, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's inevitable that these characters are going to get recast at some point, right, but, 
it's getting that recasting right. Which, I don't know who you get to play the next Superman. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'll reserve my judgment till I see how she pops up in the new Flash film. But, yeah. I mean, how hard would have it been to go to fucking Melissa and be like, hey, we want you in the new Flash fucking film. Yeah. I I think they just fucking forget about the TV. Well, but that's the fucking problem. Like, you know what makes Disney so goddamn great? Is you go and watch WandaVision, or when the Winter Soldier comes out, or when the new Loki series comes out, guess what? Same fucking people. It's continuity. Whereas DC still hasn't figured it out, where they run like 18 different DC shows on television, and then pop out all these different fucking movies, and everyone is played by a different actor every single time. Yeah. And that's what makes... The Marvel Cinematic Universe to me so special and so well put together is the fact that if you go watch the WandaVision TV show like it's still Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch just yep. like it was in the movie there's continuity there and the events that take place in WandaVision are events that take place in the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe and it's like DC's doing it we're like well yeah we have the cinematic universe but we also have the television universe and they're completely different storylines and they take place in different time frames and none of it is related none of it relates to the movies the movies don't relate to the shows and it is annoying and it is frustrating and if they could just get their shit together they could make extreme amounts of money just like marvel is by having everything nicely tied up but it feels like after years of doing it stupidly just trying to make money off of anyone that wanted to license their ip it's such a jumbled like mess of knots in a ball of yarn that they're like nah fuck it we'll just keep tying knots and throwing more string and then maybe we'll put a rubber band around the whole ball to hold it together instead of like someone sitting down taking the time and going all right this is where we're at with every one of our tv shows this is where we're at with all the movies Let's wrap these up and everything needs to head in this direction, you know, and plan it out over the next five years and get everything on the same page. And I think that would be instrumental in making DC like as big of a success as the MCU. Like not to say that like DC movies don't sell well or don't do well, but let's be fucking real. If we're going to compare the Marvel Cinematic Universe to the DC one, DC doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's probably the trouble they're having is like, okay, so if if you start this like five or ten year plan on how this is all gonna tie together, like where they're at now, like they gotta find for when to start it, right? You know, is it you start it when all the CW shows are done? Right. Maybe they're just waiting for all of those to end. I don't know. Well, they gotta do something here. Yeah. Because you know what, like I would be more akin to watching any of their garbage CW shows if they were directly related to and correlated to their cinematic universe. Yeah. 100%. Like if I was to watch like the Green Arrow or Supergirl or any of those stuff and it was the same people who popped up in the movies and like those timelines were were tied in together, I would absolutely watch the TV shows because it's an extension of the bigger film franchises. Yeah. I think where you're going to see that is with their HBO max stuff. Cause it seems like everything they've announced for the DC stuff there. They've also kind of said like, Hey, it it takes place kind of in the movie stuff. So I think what they're doing is they're basically just forgetting about the CW and like, if it's a DC TV show on HBO max, it ties somewhat to the movies. But, I mean, we'll see when those actually come out. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. DC, figure your shit out. Yeah. Or just fucking pay someone to help you figure it out. Like, I mean, I realize that it's complicated in nature. The individual processes are complicated. But the overall plan, the big picture, it's not complicated. It yep. really isn't. I will lay it out for you if you want. Just give me a fucking call. Yep. Yeah, DC, give us a call. We're cheap. Okay, and on to other news. Yeah. Rumors of a Criminal Minds revival. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I'm not ever going to pay for CBS All Access or Paramount Plus, whatever yeah. the fuck they're running, because I got too many as it is. But yeah. 
Criminal Minds was my guilty pleasure. It wasn't by any metric or measure a phenomenal groundbreaking show, but it was just one that I really enjoyed. And like, I would like, I liked having it on in the background while I was doing stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, if they want to pump out some more episodes for me to watch, I'm all for it. Yeah. I watched uh, that show like when it first started and really liked it. And then I think it was because that show went on for a, a real long time. It oh, was yeah. like 15 years, man. Yeah, I think it was like probably halfway in. I just kind of was like, all right, I'm kind of tired of this show and just kind of dropped it. Um, but like I remember it being good. Um, yeah, I think there's room for for more criminal minds. I mean, they need stuff for that platform. Which we'll probably get into later. But mm-hmm. yeah. I'll, I'd be willing to check one or two of these episodes out. But yeah, why not? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a popular enough show, right? So Yeah, all for it. Do it. Totally into it. Yeah. Then we got uh, Edgar Wright is going to do an adaption of Stephen King's The Running Man. I never read that book, so... Yeah, it's kind of like a dystopian horror. I haven't read it either, but I'm just going to skim the article here, so... Yeah, I'm... I'm curious about this. Like, I'm not an Edgar Wright fanboy by any means. Well, a few of the movies he's done, he's done really well. Edgar yeah. Wright, he's the one who was behind Scott Pilgrim, wasn't he? Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe so. And he did uh, Baby Driver? Never watched that one. No? No. But, like, what I'm most curious about is, like, Okay, he's going to kind of take like a serious, dark Stephen King story, and he hasn't really done like a dark, serious movie. Yeah. Like, looking at his IMDb list, like it's kind of those kind of comedy esque, you know, maybe they have a, a few serious tones in them, but nothing like this. So I'm curious how he does that, if he is able to do it right know what i mean yeah no i i feel you on that. i mean I, I'm, I'm tired of getting shitty stephen king adaptions no i agree because lately we've been getting a lot of really good ones and i don't want to go back to the age of like cbs's under the dome and i honestly i didn't even mind that one it just ended abruptly yeah because it was bad <laughs> Hopefully we get a remake of that where they do it right. Yeah, because I've actually read that book and it it's fucking it goes in some fucking weird ass fucking places which if you did it right would kind of be real cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but not the way CBS did it. No, yeah, they definitely well, but that's the problem is this works there. They're not really PG books, so to no. try and package it up in a PG format, it just it doesn't really work very well. No, like you end up just muddying it down, right? Like, and I don't think that's why the oh fuck, what was the the movie, the Gunslinger one, uh, the Dark Tower? Like, I don't know that the tone of that was what made it bad, or if it was just a bad movie, but. But yeah, I think his stuff definitely has kind of got a tone that you kind of can't fuck with, right? Yeah. So. I'm curious. I mean, I hope this guy does good, but just the fact that, like, it seems like he's never done anything like this before, like. Yeah. Kind of concerns me, but at, at the same time, that's not to say people haven't, you know, switched like this. And knocked it out of the park, right? Yeah. So it can be done. It's just hopefully this is it for him. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see. 
Yeah. And other Stephen King news. J.J. Abrams is going to develop an anthology series. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Which... That um seems like it's maybe not based on anything he's written, but it's maybe like they're gonna collaborate on something. Yeah. Which Okay. I, I'm alright for that. Like yeah. he's kind of writing <laughs> stuff specifically for it, sure. Yeah, I like JJ Abrams, so I mean I'm into this, but yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious what this looks like, especially because it's anthology. So it's like it's just going to be a bunch of really small, kind of discreet, like horror stories. Yeah, and then that's it, or what? But yeah, it's all right. I think uh, that's it for the news. I think so. Right, well then let's just uh get into our like little mini reviews here i guess yeah i didn't really watch a whole lot but you you got some stuff in yeah well i had a uh lockdown day waiting to get tested for covid so caught up on some stuff yeah i burned the entirety of the last stand in one go and uh i liked it for the most part there are like a few like odds and ends about the about the series that I wasn't a fan of, but I I was very pleasantly surprised to see that even though it was technically a CBS streaming show, mm-hmm. uh, it was full of foul language and it had nudity and some fairly graphic scenes. Yep. So that was a very pleasant surprise to see. Yep. I I, I didn't read the books, so I can't uh, compare to how the books play out. But as far as that series went, it went really good and. I don't know. I'm curious, like, is there going to be another one and where does it take place and how do they go further with that? And I'm also still just kind of, because I, like I said, I never read the books, like, so is, like, is this part of Stephen King's universe? Is this, like, a heaven and hell thing? Like, is that guy uh, a demon from hell? Like, he says he's not Lucifer. So, I haven't read the book either, but from what I understand, Stephen King has tied a lot of his characters uh, together. I believe he is like the dark man from uh like the dark towers series okay so i believe that is what it is i'm not 100 percent um i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's what it is so, interesting yeah because i also thought i read something that like it didn't say what he was but they said it was like there's a relationship between him and whatever it was from the it series okay where they're both kind of like some sort of like weird demagogue not from this world kind of things that like feed on different things and that could be it too yeah whereas like it fed on fears of people whereas this guy like fed on greed and gluttony and like basically the sins yeah i could see that but i would have to look more into it but yeah as a show as as on a on the whole I actually quite enjoyed the show. I was pleasantly surprised. I would definitely check out a second season if they do one. Hopefully they do one because, I mean, I, I, I feel believe like they are. I think no? this is a case of like how 11, 22, 63 was where it's like, here's 10 episodes. Here's the, the, the translation of the book. And then that's it. I believe, oh. that, I believe that's what it is. So it's like, this was the story of the stand. Here's the 10 or 11 episodes that we got. That's it. I believe that's how it is. So. Well, that's a little disappointing to hear then, because I definitely would watch another season. Yeah. But but it, it it was enjoyable, and I really liked the guy who played like the villain in that show. I can't remember his name. Alexander Skarsgård. Skarsgård, yes. He's really good. Oh, man, because I'm one of those people who loved True Blood, and he's one of the main characters in True Blood, and he fucking crushes it in that, in that series. Yeah. yeah, he was a standout for me in that show. Mm-hmm. Same with um, James Marston. Mm-hmm. I really liked his character in it too. Mm-hmm. Actually, that whole, I really liked that kind of core, like the four people that uh, talked to the uh, Whoopi Goldberg character. 
Yeah. Like, I actually think the core of that group was actually really, really good. So. Yeah. I was, yeah. A, big, I was a big fan of that. As like a kind of here's 10 episodes of Stephen King. I'm, I, they should do more of that, and I, I think they are. But yeah, it was it was really good. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Overall, like I would, like I don't think it's better than like The Outsider or Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. But no. I think it's 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 not far off. You know, like it's it's totally solid. So. Yeah, it's it's high quality Stephen King work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've also been watching a shit ton of Shit's Creek. Okay. How's that? Well, you know, like, because it got picked up by CBS or whatever as a Canadian show and stuff. And I mean, like, obviously, Eugene Levy is a Canadian himself. Mm-hmm. But, like, it never really intrigued me. And I know a few people that watched it and said it was great. My parents really got into it, like, binged every season as it came out because they thought it was hilarious. And then the fiance there decided to start watching it because it was on Netflix. And then I would, I picked up a few episodes here and there while she was watching. And then I just ended up getting into it. And the first season, they're definitely trying to find their like comedic footing. Right. And it's kind of more like annoying, funny than it is like funny, funny. Okay. It's like, yeah, that's not very funny. That's just annoying, but you just kind of go with it. But like by the time they hit like the second season, they find like, the footing. Yeah, like the one-liners and stuff like that and the way like the characters develop and how they act and the shit that comes out of their mouth, it's it was surprised. It was actually far funnier than I ever thought it was going to be and I quite enjoyed it. Okay. So kind I, of like seems yeah, like, like a case where that first season just needed to I guess find their footing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really good. Like kudos to them. Like I can understand why it's got such like a big cult following and it's like so beloved by so many people. Like it it was a very good, like legit start to finish show. Hmm. I've always been curious about it just because like it it's gotten it got a bunch of awards last mm-hmm. year, right? So it's like but I just never got around to checking it out, so yeah. And it's it's nice because it's like it's a 22 minute sitcom kind of thing. So like you can just throw one on here and there or binge three or four if you want. They're not like crazy lengths for season. Like they're not like 26 episode seasons. So like it's a time commitment, but it's not a big time commitment. And to like just have it going while you're doing other stuff like it's 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 good. I quite enjoyed it. It was definitely a surprise. I never thought I'd actually end up watching it. And here I am. Huh. Mm hmm. All right. Well, that makes me more inclined to check it out because it's it's one of those things where, like, I've seen it on Netflix and I suck at all those awards and I know people love it. So it's like, but I just never got around to checking it out. But now I'm way more inclined to actually check it out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, watch Freaky too. Okay. Which I actually kind of enjoyed, but. I- been meaning to check that one out just because it seems like a all right little like kind of dumbass Vince Vaughn comedy. Well, it's 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 a Bloomhouse horror more or less. Oh, it gets done by Bloomhouse, but the the premise is interesting, right? Like a different take on the whole like Freaky Friday body swapping, but this time it's between a chick and a serial killer, right? And so like it's it's graphic, like the murder scenes are graphic so oh. like in all intents it's it's very much a horror film but then there's also the comedic stylings because like once they switch bodies and like that little girl's body is now she's in vince vaughn's body right i i thought it was fucking hilarious okay like i, I quite quite enjoyed it I, lots of times i was just like laughing i'm like oh my god that's that's too funny okay there's like there's one scene and it's not it's like it won't ruin anything, but like she's in Vince Bond's body and she's always had a crush on this guy. Oh, and they're okay. like kind of waiting for something. They have to do something, steal something or something to that effect. And like he's cl- like they've explained it to him like, hey, this is actually so and so she's body swapped. And that's why she looks like a, you know, six foot six man. Right. And they kind of like they're sitting there in the back of this or like in a car and he's kind of like. She's kind of hinting that or like putting it all out there that she actually does have a thing for him. And he kind of was like, oh, well, I, 
I always thought you were amazing too. And I thought you were cute and funny and stuff. And then he's kind of like, Vince Vaughn, like, I'm just going to say she, but I mean like Vince Vaughn, she's sitting in the front seat. He's in the back and he's like, you know, you can, like, you can come sit back here with me. So so he goes and sits in the back of the car with this dude. And then they're like still talking. And then like she and Vince Vaughn's bodies, like she's like a little tired because like a whole, like a shit ton of things have been going on. So she like rests her head on his shoulder and then oh, like yeah. it's like that awkward and it's like yeah. they, they do the whole fucking comedy or um like romance show where it's like that awkward like touch yeah. each other's hands and then yeah. touch each other's face and then that awkward first kiss but the whole thing's happening and it's Vince Vaughn and this young kid uh, actually, and it's just, it was like cringy but funny at the that, same time uh, well that's kind of what you want with that kind of campy high school shit right mm-hmm that, that uh, I'm probably gonna bump this up on my list because I've I've had it, you know, for a while and just haven't got around to watching it. Um, because the, the premise always sounded cool. I was, like a Bloomhouse horror kind of comedy. Like, sure, why not? Sign me up. And I actually, hear that like you checked it out and it it is actually pretty good. I'm I, pr- I'm probably gonna check it out sooner than later. I know I enjoyed it. I can't can't say my significant other did. Not a oh, fan, no. but but I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. No, I was always intrigued by it, and I'm glad that like it, that means if you probably liked it, then I'll probably like it. So, especially if they play into that like campy like teen drama stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. And the rest of it's like your campy typical horror too. Yeah. So I'm like that's the kind of horror that I really like is like give me that campy horror kind of vibe, but then also toss in some serious shit, you know. Which if it's Blumhouse, sounded like they did. So that's cool. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I quite quite liked it. Hmm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really all I got on. Yeah. So I didn't really watch too much. I've been. Sending up a new home theater, so it's been a lot of like I don't have something to watch anything on. Um, but I did check out. So the Netflix Unsolved Mystery Show has like a companion podcast, mm-hmm. and I started listening to that just while I was doing stuff, and it is like totally more of Unsolved Mysteries and is pretty good. So like mm. I know we normally don't talk about podcasts, but I figured I would throw it in because it's kind of linked to that yeah um and yeah it's like surprisingly good like it's more of more of the unsolved mystery stuff where they kind of give you like a 45 minute podcast that's like the same length as the show and they kind of tell the story and they're kind of doing a mixture of like here's this paranormal kind of like unsolved mystery and then here's like an unsolved death kind of thing so like they're kind of Splitting it up nicely. Um, but yeah, it's totally solid. Like, if, if you like podcasts, which I listen to them all day, um, and you like that Unsolved Mystery show, check it out. It's solid. Well, maybe I will. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't say I didn't watch anything. I'm still watching Walker every week, and I still don't know why. Um, I I still don't know why I'm watching it. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Because like, there's some parts of it where I'm like, okay, this is all right, but like, I'll be watching it, and then it's like, this is just a CW cop show. I'm like, but I'm still watching it. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have no intentions of watching it, so I'll just have to, like, take all that info from you. Yeah, and, like, to be honest, I think I'm committed now where I'm just going to end up keep watching it. I've watched, like, seven so far. So, I mean, like, there's parts that are all right with kind of him and his family, but at its core, it's just a basic fucking cop drama where they get a case ten minutes in and they solve it by the end. Mm -hmm. But... I think it's. I think I just like him. I think I'm yeah. just watching it because I like him. Understandable. But yeah, that's all I got. 
All right, well, I guess we'll uh, pull the shoot on this one. All right. And see you on the next one. Later.